Welcome to This is Lassonde, a podcast brought to you by the Lassonde School of Engineering. Each episode, we bring you a fresh conversation from the Lassonde community. Each episode, you'll hear stories from engineers and scientists, aka our students, profs, alumni, and industry partners, stories about designing solutions to complex problems to push our world forward. Tune in as these stories will engage, inspire, and delight you to create human impact through science and engineering. I'm Tiffany Alviar, a computer engineering student at Lassonde. We're happy to welcome Maurice Kazi on this episode, an electrical engineering grad from Lassonde. Today, Maurice shares with us his Lassonde journey, which included going on Lassonde's tech tour of Silicon Valley, a learning and networking opportunity, which for Maurice led to a co-op position at Tesla. He is currently working as an automation engineer at Apple. So yeah, how's it going, Maurice? Ah, it's super great. Um, yeah, I just graduated 2019 as an electrical engineer. Started working at Apple in 20, same year, uh, but in September. And yeah, just enjoying work so far. Nice. Um, so yeah, if you want to tell the audience, uh, what inspired you to pursue electrical engineering? So in my case, um, I was always into robotics. So in high school, what I I joined the first robotics team. So I went to Rakansen and they had a first robotics team um, called Theory 6, or they're, they're, they also have a number associated, so 1241. Um, so in grade nine, I joined uh, this team and I just immediately got into it. So like, I, I was like, like, how were they able to create these robots that can do these specific challenges? So if you don't know what first robotics is, it's basically this competition where they create these robots, maybe like, they're like 120 pounds, and every year there's a new challenge. So um, one year it could be like shooting like a basketball into a net, another year it could be um, picking up these blocks and stacking them on this seesaw that, um, and then depending on what side it is, you get points for that. Um, and it's usually three versus three. So there's a blue alliance and there's a red alliance. So it shows um, this com competition really promotes uh trying to for teamwork um and also promotes learning through actually just doing right instead of sitting in class and learning programming for all these different concepts uh, about like uh, machining different parts you actually do it in a competition um, and then compete with whatever you create so that's basically what i why i got into electrical engineering i wanted to do something that was very in line with robotics um, so on the team, I was the programmer and the electrical guy. So I would wire up the robots and then also program them. And then I think electrical engineering was sort of a good balance between the two. And um, it basically wanted to do something with robotics in the future. That's really cool. Um, and did you know all the programming and electrical like wiring for the robot like prior to when you joined First Robotics or did you learn it in the club? Like how did that yeah, start? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So not at all. So in grade nine, um, I had no idea. Like at first, okay, so I didn't always want to be an engineer. At first I wanted to be an architect, but then I took some course on like designing and drawing buildings. And I realized I was so bad at, it, bad at it. And I didn't even have any idea like that this, like how to do anything in those lines. 
because I always thought like, okay, the designing building is cool, but then I realized you also need to be creative in that aspect as well, which I didn't really um, enjoy too much. So, but then I joined the robotics team and um, I didn't know anything about programming, but what's really nice about FIRST is that you have all these mentors um, that are either uh, from the industry or like, um, like grade 10, 11, 12, you can actually just learn from them. So maybe the first two years, I was really just watching and then looking at other people coding and just asking questions the entire time. Um, and whenever I got the chance, I would try to uh, sneak some time onto the robot and just play around with it. So um, most of actually like my programming knowledge came from just by doing it myself, learning off of YouTube and just jumping in head first and trying to figure things out. Nice. Um, and tell us, what was your life like at Lausanne? Uh, hmm. So, like, first year, we have all these courses that are together, um, like common courses for engineering. So everyone takes similar courses. And I guess that's also very nice because you can meet all these new people who have similar interests as you. So um, in that regard, when you're first starting at university, you don't really know that many people. So, but having all these courses together really um, connects you with them. And you can uh, basically tackle this next hurdle in your life together. And that sort of brings you close to them. Um, so then I created like a bunch of like friends in the first couple of years um, that I'm basically, I would basically consider like my best friends now um, and probably moving forward in my life. So. Uh, just the environment is it's it's chill, but it's also um, progressive in the way that you can you you are coming to university to study, and that's your main focus. But you can also enjoy your time there, which I like. I have friends in other universities, and I can always see them super stressed, and I can like and maybe they're not enjoying their time in university as much um, as they should have. But um, yeah, I think just the environment at York and Lausanne really helped with just generally enjoying my time as an undergrad. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. And um, I guess, yeah, switching gears, uh, let's talk about, you know, your journey towards, you know, working at Apple. Um, how did that journey look like? Did you just apply one day and get in? Or was there like a series of co-ops and inter internships beforehand that led to it? What was that like? Oh yeah. So I was actually uh, in 2018, or was it 2019? So in 20, yeah, I think it was 2019, where I was looking for co-ops. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I my first two two years at university, I was just focused on school. Even in the summer, I was doing summer school, and then uh, it just dawned on me, I should do co-ops. So then I took the time and started applying, but I wasn't really getting any hits anywhere. Um, but then, um, summer rolled by of 2019 and I was trying, I was still looking for co-ops, but I didn't find anything for the summer. So then I actually got a job at the Lassonde, uh, recruitment office. So that's like the first floor of the Bergeron building. So basically your job that you're just doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that from there I met with Bob and, uh, and he's the, the director of the co-op program at Lassonde. And what was really unique about what Lasan does, um, and what I found out that 
I didn't even know before, but basically what they do is every year they take a bunch of uh, students to Silicon Valley. Um, so that was super cool. Uh, so Bob asked me if I wanted to go. At first I'm like, is this really something I should be doing? Um, because this, we go during October, that's sort of during the school year. So I had to consider, okay, I'll be missing like a week of school. But then I just weighed the pros and cons and like just the exposure enough and just understanding what Silicon Valley is and just getting out there, I think would be valuable in itself. So, um, yeah, so then I go on this Silicon Valley trip and we hit up all these large name companies. So we go to Facebook, uh, we go to Tesla, we go to uh, uh, Twitter, Coinbase, um, which is like a crypto com a company and a bunch of others. And then we also tour like all the different camp campuses. So we go to like, the Google campus and all that stuff. And you, we really got this insight of Silicon Valley like, because you always hear about Silicon Valley, but you never really picture the environment and what kind of like, uh, like what kind of place it is it is to work. And once yeah. we got there, you get this, 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 this vibe of all these different developers who have the same dream as you it's to, to make it in this, in this community, uh, in this, uh, in this field of like programming and basically software. Uh, and you have all these tech guys like basically maybe some of them even walking distance from each other. Um, yeah. So during this trip, we actually met up with different alumni at these companies and they gave us their insight on how to apply, what kind of work, uh, environment there was there. And, um, and basically got us connected to the recruiters and managers of these companies. So for me, um, my resume ended up in one of the recruiter towns of uh, Tesla. So then when we came back from the Silicon Valley trip, I got an email saying, okay, we want to interview you. So then, yes, yeah, so I went through the stages of those interviews at Tesla. Then I got the Tesla internship um, for 2019. And then, yeah, so then I was at, at Tesla for four months. I went to Silicon Valley, one of the best times I had. Um, Oh my goodness yeah do you want to yeah. like share what your like experience was working for tesla that sounds really cool no yeah um it was super exciting this is the first time i've actually been away from home like uh long term i've, I've been like i've done like competitions where i go for like a couple days but this is like a four-month call mm -hmm. and i was going to a, a completely different country in, a, in an area where i didn't i didn't know anyone so luckily, along with me, there was another uh, uh, Lasan student that also got a call at Tesla um, and the same like job. So we were on the same team, which is super cool. So we just basically coordinated we, with each other. We found living space together, um, did it out together in this like hotel, uh, not hotel, sorry, in this house, which was about like an hour drive from the head office. So one thing about Silicon Valley is the prices for everything is super expensive. So it's crazy how expensive it is. It's because people get paid more. So then the prices go up at the same time. But then it's just that. That's true. Like, yeah. A back and forth of, okay, prices are up now. I need more pay. So it's really hard uh, to actually live in, in that Bay Area if you don't have a really high paying job. Um, otherwise, because the housing there is also housing, food, everything is just super expensive. So me and um, uh, this other student, we got this place in the house an hour away from the valley. So this is an hour away. It's not even in the valley. We're paying $1,500 for a room in a house Oof. every month. And it was crazy. But then 
like, but that's the cheapest we could find. So right. we had to do it. We didn't really have a choice. But yeah, so we found this house and then um, we start working at Tesla. And, it, and Tesla is one of these companies where you just think about when you think about like future, like Elon Musk, electric yeah. cars, did you, you just think about Tesla immediately. So that's basically what we had in our minds too. But um, yeah, so when we get to the, on our first day, we have this whole, uh, this orientation for all these interns and there's like thousands of interns they, they, from all over like the world. So we even met up with people from Waterloo, obviously, and McMaster and all that, all these people. And they're, they're all shocked, like what, New York? They, 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 didn't, they didn't understand that New York even uh, was sending people down. And I'm like, okay then. Um, but yeah, so that was basically our intro into it. And they, our work life was actually amazing. So we, so what Tesla, we worked at the Palo Alto headquarters. Um, and over there, there's this, it's basically open concept. You find all the different engineers basically sitting like feet away from you. So uh, on one side of the room, we have all the software engineers. On the other side, we have all the, the hardware. Um, and what's really nice was that you could basically just walk up to them and see what they were doing. Like all this unreleased software is just sitting on their desk and I could just look at it. But it, it was open in, the, in that way. And I guess that's the culture at Tesla was that you can just, um, if you want to contribute in any way or like basically just learn more, you have that option to. Um, there wasn't any really real secrecy as far as I can see, like, if I, but there are, I'm sure they have secret projects, right. but then um, when you want to talk to someone and you sort of see something, you can ask them questions. So Tesla was unique in that regard where it's, it felt, it's a large company, but it felt like a mid-sized company. They, they were very scrappy. There's a joke um, that the engineers would used to say, our next project is going to be, uh, we just have to look at Elon's Twitter and he's just going to, Say something crazy about <laughs> to finish it in, in a week. So there's always something moving. There's always something happening. Um, so it, it felt like a startup or a small company in that way, where uh, they're always iterating and they're always trying to find something new to do. Um, so you're never really sitting still, and uh, you always have some some work. So you never really get bored. And um, so yeah, well, Tesla. Tesla was very um, yeah. Yeah. Like, what was the so what was the work like? Um... Were you like working on like cars or spaceships? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so my, my specific, uh, so my internship was in um, the software uh, engineering uh, team. Uh, we were running creating automation for the the screen, uh, the UI on the screen. So we we're creating um, basically automation to test different elements on the screen, make sure like when you press this button, something pops up, um, or when you go on the maps and you type in this address. It actually gets there. Um, so we were actually making sure that whatever software that was being developed was actually, um, it, it doesn't break every time we release a new version. So we were creating automation in that regard. So um, yeah, so we were on the automation team and some of our, and sometimes we actually got a chance to go into the cars and actually look at the software themselves. And um, it was it was unique in the regard because we can, um, see all these new unreleased features, but then also create tools to make sure that they work. Um, and I guess that, that, was, that was really nice. 
Nice. Um, yeah, sorry. I know we got derailed there a bit um, talking about your internship at Tesla, but yeah, I'm sure that, you know, uh, from everything from going to that trip to Silicon Valley to, you know, working at Tesla and then, you know, eventually working where you are now at Apple. Um, yeah, it's like quite a journey, right? No, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so after the Tesla internship, I got an Apple internship. Like, so it was January to April um, at Tesla. And then immediately after the next four months from uh, May to August, I was at, at Apple as an intern as well. So on the same team that I'm currently working on. Uh, and I guess from there, once I came back to uh, university, finished school, I, I told my manager, I want to come back full time. And he basically said, yeah, sure, come back. And that's basically how I got my, my Apple. That's uh, awesome. Position. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, do you want to, I guess, like, tell the audience uh, what you do at Apple, what it's like working there? Um, it just sounds like such a cool, I guess, like, company that, like, a lot of students, I'd imagine, you know, aspire to work for eventually. So what's your experience working there like? Yeah, so um, at first, I never really had an interest at in working at Apple. Um, <laughs> it, I was always more of a, like, uh, Android Google guy, like you my phone <laughs> at the time of uh, applying to my uh, Apple internship was an Android. It was a Samsung. I didn't really own any Apple device. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. Like my first actual Apple device is when I actually got to um, Apple and I bought an iPad. And oh, that's wow. basically my introduction into the Apple ecosystem. But then I had, I don't know, but I just, okay, I saw this opening. I'm like, okay, let me just try applying to it. And then, yeah, I got the position um, as an intern. So Apple really reflects, um, so one of the reasons why people really like the Apple products is because of this ecosystem that they have. Um, it's everything just works seamlessly. So you have AirPods, they seamlessly connect to your, to your iPhone, to your Mac, to your iPad, and you don't really need to disconnect. Like it just basically where um, the audio is coming from, it will automatically connect to it. So that only happens because Apple has this really tight knit ecosystem that they control fully from the software to the hardware. They're the ones creating it. Um, so, uh, so the team I'm working on is the location frameworks team, which is under the sensing and connectivity org. Um, we handle things like Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, not Bluetooth, sorry. Uh, and location. So we make sure that whenever you open an app, uh, like Maps, for example, that your GPS updates are actually tracking your position. Um, whenever you go on for like a workout, when you go on for a run, we know um, uh, like where you're going and like it will trace out the path when you open up, open up the workout app. Um, my specific position um, is creating automation for that. So it's to make sure that all of those things are working as intended when uh, when a new update comes. So whenever you download a new update to your device, uh, the tests that I'm working on make sure that like everything works as intended on every all the different devices that Apple creates. So from iPhone to iPad to the watch, Apple TV, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like contrast with Tesla. So Apple is very secretive. 
but mm-hmm. they, the, the reason why they're secretive is to make sure that people are pleasantly surprised when a new feature gets announced. So like no one likes leaks. Leaks basically take away from the experience. Um, so in that regard, whenever an engineer is working on something on Apple, everything is um, need to know basis, right? So at Tesla, I could just walk over and find something, um, that, some unreleased software and just like look at it. But then uh, at Apple, you need to have the right uh, permissions. You need to be uh, disclosed on that project to understand what's happening. Everything is in code names. Everything's under locked doors. Oh, wow. But then, yeah, so, but that's to make sure that the, that the experience, um, it doesn't get leaked. Uh, the customer has a satisfaction of, wow, this is super cool. Um, when it gets displayed on like WWDC or when Fred uh, Degree displays it on, uh, on uh, the stage. So, but then that also promotes an environment where people can really um, focus in on a feature and make sure it works to the best of its ability, right? So because you are so um, focused on this feature, you can really understand um, this feature is going to be mo- making it to a product that someone's holding. And if this thing breaks, um, they'll be, they'll be, they'll, be they'll, they'll no longer be in this immersed ecosystem. Um, and that really drives the engineers at Apple to create these features that people really enjoy. So um, I guess that's also like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a contrast to what it was like at Tesla, but it's also, you can see why they're also secretive is just to make sure that everything that they create is top notch. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, what would you say has been the most challenging thing about your job there? Well, currently um, I'm working from home in Mississauga. So uh, I guess one of the challenges is basically coordinating everything um, because everyone's working in Silicon Valley and there's like a three hour time difference. But we're not talking about the actual, yeah. So so we're not talking about that. I guess the other, maybe the challenge is basically really once you first start off as a software dev, you need to, um, they'll give you a project of some sort and you need to basically start learning um, their, t- their, their pipeline, their, their infrastructure as soon as possible. So they, every company has their own way of doing things. So you basically have to figure out how to integrate yourself into that, um, into that workflow and start work, uh, creating these, these uh, work on these projects. Um, and I guess I think uh, a challenge for any new employee at a company is to understand how to um, how these tools work and um, basically familiarizing with yourself with uh, the workflow. But yeah, like, but what's really nice is that um, you're never really bored. It's you're always working on something different and something new, and you're always learning. And I think that's super important when you're looking for. Um, career in anything i think is is to make sure that you're always um on on the edge of whatever you're doing so you're always learning about this new feature that's coming out or learning how to code different algorithms or really exploring different ways on how to solve a problem differently 
So you might have done something in a different project but, um, before, but you might have wanted to try something different. And then you basically take the time to, all right, this is the, uh, I'm going to try something different this time around. I'm going to learn how to do it differently. Um, and I think that really helps you learn uh, and grow as a person. So, um, yeah. Did Would you say that um, the things that you learned in school, like, informed you or has helped you during uh like your internships and your current job, like has all the things that you learned in school actually been applied sort of in the workplace? <laughs> um, so I studied to be an electrical engineer. So, and I'm doing a software engineering position, mm-hmm. but so it, there wasn't a direct correlation, but there are concepts um, and there are uh, things that do um, uh, move over. For example, the ability to research something and being able to troubleshoot a problem, I think is universal. So if there's an issue, for example, I'll just bring up like robotics, for, uh, for example, um, there's some problem with the robot. You need to understand how to troubleshoot it and come to a solution and then a fix as well. So you, those skills are transferable. And I think working or studying as an electrical engineer, you really do have that opportunity to learn those troubleshooting skills along the way. Um, for example, in my program, there were some like labs you would have to do practically um, and and they had coding involved in them. So um, there are some things I learned in school, but a lot of the things I did learn in projects that I did by myself. So um, I think it's a good balance in between um, that you have to figure out, but yeah. Um... Do you have any plans after Apple, like any other places you want to work for in the future or other areas you want to work in eventually? Do you want to make like the next big thing for Apple? Like what are your sort of big aspirations? Uh, eventually, like I, I don't know how long I will be staying at Apple. Um, I, will, I do want to stay um, for quite some time, but I eventually I want to go back to doing something with robotics. So mm-hmm. I, came, I went into electrical engineering because of robotics and I really want to do something um, that has like creating robots or different types of automation and stuff like that. So my specific job right now is automation, um, but it's with software. So, so I want to do something with hardware as well. Um, yeah. So robotics is a good example of that. So like a, a position I do uh, dream about like one day I might go to like Boston Dynamics. Um, so I don't know if you know that company is like those super humanoid robots um, that you, you might have seen videos about, but they oh, make these so super cool, cool robots um, that that can traverse all these different types of terrain. They can walk up steps. Like, have you seen that yellow uh, the robot, robot dog? dog? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah. robot dog. So they're, they're the one. Yeah, they're the ones that created that. So um, I think it's super cool what the stuff they're doing. So eventually, hopefully, I'll um, go somewhere in that area. Maybe at Boston Dynamics, but who knows? Wow. Yeah, that, that'd be awesome. Um, and we'll oh, definitely yeah. keep an eye out for their next biggest <laughs> things. Who knows how many years in the future if, you know, behind one of their cool new robots is your name. Um, So for students who also, you know, want to aspire to work at these big and cool companies um, or like all the ones at Silicon Valley, you know, Apple, Tesla, Facebook and all that, where do you think is a good place for them to start? Um, So 
at the beginning, whenever you're really like looking for these like cool uh, internships and uh, co-op positions, is basically building up your portfolio. Um, take every opportunity that you get to work on projects that you enjoy and you find interesting. So if that can be an app or some sort of robot or a drone um, or a website, really any free time you get, try to hone your skills and improve them. Because eventually you might not get the internship you want maybe in the first year, but then take that year to basically reflect and understand, okay, this is the skills I was missing for this dream internship of mine. And then um, work on those skills. So hackathons are a good example. Um, taking the time to do all these different projects, I think really helps solidify your foundation along with improves your prospect as a uh, candidate when it, come, when it comes to these um, positions. So they will look for someone that has a variety of different skill sets when looking for these positions. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're um, almost nearing on time here. So I will ask um, our final question, which is if there's one piece of advice you could impart on the audience, what would it be? Hmm. So one thing I believe is crucial when uh, interviewing is your communication skills. So people will test you on your algorithms, your programming skills. But what people don't often know is that you are a candidate for this position and you're going to be part of this team for internship will be four to eight months or longer or full time. It'll be however long you want to stay there. But these teams aren't just looking at your skill set. They're also looking at if you're going to be a good fit for this team. So you need to have a skill, uh, you have to have the communication skills that match your programming skills. So you can be the best programmer in the world, but if you cannot convey what you're trying to do during an interview or you can't show that you are a good team player and you won't mesh with, well with the team, they will choose a candidate that is those skills but might be a, um, a worse programmer. So communication skills, I think are super important when interviewing or whenever just working in the workplace or at any company, because you, there are times where you have to convey what you're trying to do or when you want to ask for help, um, you also have to communicate that. So often I, what I like to do is basically do mock interviews with people. Um, whenever, whenever I was interviewing, uh, or practicing for an interview, I do mock interviews and basically show, um, practice, how to convey my knowledge in a way that um, is not confusing or um, it's it's clear that this person knows what he's doing. He or she knows what he's doing. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, we're always looking to add to our technical skills, which is, you know, equally, if not more crucial to enhance our essential skills. And some of these skills like communication, teamwork, adaptability, problem solving will only help with your technical skills. And as Maru shared, learning and growing doesn't stop with the completion of a course or even a degree. And you don't need to be applying for co-op or jobs to begin building your portfolio. So I encourage you to get started today. And I hope Maru's story has delighted you with possibilities for your future.
You can stay tuned into our podcast and all Lasan School of Engineering activities by following us on social media. We are at Lasan School on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Visit lasan.yorku.ca slash podcast for your episode guide to This is Lasan School. <laughs>